This podcast may contain discussions about violence, drug use, and it's most definitely going to contain a lot of foul language. I'm sorry, Sorry He Sucks. Yeah, it's season two, episode two. Two, two. Don't do a poo. <laughs> you shouldn't do a poo. No, do it now because this is going to go for a bit of time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although hopefully, you know, when I started this week's, I did think that it would be so simple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was not so simple. Yeah, I think it because these people have shorter the lives and say, like, Bob Dylan, for instance. Yeah, even Elvis Presley. Yeah, yeah, well, true. <laughs> They're not 42 yet. Oh, well. Oh, maybe. No, no, I, th- oh, I think he's pretty close. Yeah, right. So he isn't, what does that make these guys? I think. Millennials? I think he, my one is not a millennial. Because mine's 36. Is he? Yeah. I thought these guys were young. I think they're for people just slightly below my age group, which is... Like Gen X? I'm Gen Gen X. Oh, Gen Y. Gen Y. We got it. Gen Y and millennials the same. Well, I thought they were, but I always get really fucking confused about this and always get it wrong, so... If anybody knows, fucking send us a DM on the Facebook or whatever. Slide on in. Yeah. Tell us we're wrong. We love it. We do. Or tell us we're right. Tell us the truth. Okay. Tell us the fucking truth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I'm going to go first with one of Cara's favourite heartthrobs, (laughs) Shia LaBeouf. Mm. Um, And I honestly knew fuck all about him at all. I don't even think I'd seen a movie that he was in. I think I watched Transformers with, like, a kid years and years ago but, like, didn't pay attention. Yeah. Knew nothing about him. I just thought he must have done something bad. Um, Okay, this was way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Pleasantly surprised. Very pleasantly surprised. All right. Shia LaBeouf was born in 1986 in Los Angeles, California. Oh, he's a born and bred one. He's the only son of Jeffrey and Shana. Also share the last name LaBeouf. Hmm. Uh, he describes his parents as hippies, but in my research, they were way more fucked up than the word hippie implies, as the father was anyway. They were dirt poor and they split up, I think, when he was about five. For the majority of his childhood, he lived with his mother in Echo Park, um, which might be a bit cool now, but it was not cool when he was a little kid. Yeah, right. Um, and there was a period where he lived with his father. In preparation for this, I watched his 2019 film Honey Boy. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I was, uh, but I'm aware of it, but I haven't seen it. So Shia wrote the screenplay for that when he was in court-appointed rehab, and it's based on his childhood. Yeah. Um, It's fucking bleak. It's 
fucking intense. I've seen scenes out of it. I don't know why, but I have. Ugh. Like with him and his father figure or in the film who mm-hmm. is probably biographical. Yeah. Um, apparently did therapy where it was like, oh, what's it called? Like what's that therapy called where you just have to face the thing? Oh. There's a word anyway. Exposure therapy or something. Okay. Where they just have to, so he would write these scripts basically of what his father would say to him as a child and he would just have to read them over and over and over until it didn't mean anything anymore. Okay. He had PTSD. Right. Horrible. Um, so the film is about a part of his life where Shia was working on a TV show and he's about 12 um, and at this time he was living with his father in this shitty motel near the film studios or mm-hmm. the TV studios. Um, and Shia in the movie plays his father. Yeah. Which must be a total such a head fuck. Yeah. Like he was an alcoholic, he was a heroin addict. Like Shia used to go with him to AA meetings because why fucking bring your kid to an AA wow. meeting? I don't know. Like the shit he must have heard. Yeah. It must have been rough as fuck. Yeah. His father was very much mentally and physically abusive to his son. And he was a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would guess he had PTSD from Vietnam. But uh, who knows if he was a cunt before. Yeah. I don't know. Um and once during a PTSD flashback, he put a gun on his son. Oh, no. Like really awful just like <sighs> cycle of abuse and trauma. trauma. Alcoholism was like rampant through both through through the lineage. Mm. Anyway, Shaya's sort of interest in having a career in acting started when he was nine and his dad was in jail or rehab or something. He was gone somewhere. Um, And his mother signed him up for one of those big brother programs, you know, where they get like a a nice man (laughs) to hang out with your kid. Yeah. (laughs) It is odd to me. Well, I get it. There's so many shit fathers. Yeah. No, you're right. I yeah, get, I feel like it. I don't know. I, I my connotation with it is, is very American. Mm. I don't know. They're probably like that's where I've only ever seen it. You know, yeah, I television or film depictions. Yeah. Um, anyway, the guy was a stunt man mm. in Hollywood, and Shia went with him on film sets. There's even um, this guy is sort of depicted in the movie too, actually. His dad fucking hates him. Oh, really? Um, Threatened. Yeah, very. Um, Anyway, he decided, Shia decides he wants to be a star. Um, And at 10, his father was working in a comedy bar, just as a bartender or a glassy or something, and Mm -hmm. he got Shia doing stand-up sets there at night, like late at night. No. People thought it was hilarious that there was this little kid swearing and making jokes. Oh, my gosh. Weird. And then at 11, Shia gets like a phone book, looks up agents and casting agencies or something and calls one of them and pretends to be 
His dad. His own manager. No, oh. he's like, I represent Shia LaBeouf and you got to see this kid. He's amazing. Oh, my gosh. And what a fucking he's go-getter. What an entrepreneur. And apparently the woman on the phone could obviously tell he was a child oh. <laughs> pretending oh. but was so impressed with that that she got him work. Um, and his first job was... Uh, or maybe it wasn't his first, very first job, but he got cast as the lead on a Disney Channel show called Even Stevens. Yeah. Which is pretty great. I've never seen it. Sounds really annoying. Mm. But, like, that's a big fucking deal for a poor kid. Yeah. Um, and wait, so, sorry, in the movie when they're in the hotel, mm. is he in that show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's around that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, his father was... Massive pest, like, to the cast and crew. Um, But, you know, in some ways probably that's a good thing. Like, there's a reason why children on sets have to have, like, a guardian that's not part of the production company because someone's got to be there to say, this kid needs a rest or this kid needs to eat, this kid needs to do his schoolwork. So he was a pest in the way of looking after well, his son? Well, from what I see in the film, they all fucking hated him. Right. But also he did do stuff like he needs a break. Okay. And then everyone hates him. And the kid's like, I can do it. And he's like, no, you need a break. Yeah. It's just weird. Who fucking knows? Um, so he was working for Shia. Because back in 1981, before Shia was born, his father had been convicted of attempted rape of a minor and had trouble finding work because he was a sex offender. So from then on, his job was basically just being Shia's dad. Because, and Shia supported. So he was convicted of that? Yeah, he was. He, he's a sex offender. Right. Um, I'm sorry that you find it hard to get a job. Yeah. Make better choices. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently it happened when he was like blackout drunk. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. Um, I'm blackout drunk all the fucking time. Yeah. But Shia supported and continues to support both of his parents financially, which is a fucking lot of pressure to put on a little kid. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, and at some point Jeffrey failed to register his sex offender status. Mm. Um, and in 2014, he ran away to Costa Rica so he couldn't be prosecuted for it. And lives a super chill life down there. He's still in Costa Rica. Can't come back, yeah. I guess. No. <laughs> Apparently, Shia hadn't spoken to his dad for seven years prior to writing the Honey Boy script. And he went to Costa Rica to show it to him to get him to sign off on it. Um, so that he could make the film. Yeah. And of this, Shia says, quote, I told him someone else was going to play him, which was a feather in his cap, a person he really looked up to, and this isn't part of the quote, but I believe it was Mel Gibson. I watched a few. (laughs) He said, Mel Gibson's going to play you. Anyway, back to the quote. I bluffed my way into getting him to sign the paperwork, and then after he signed the paperwork, I put it to him like, I'm playing you. And he looked at me different after that. Um, but Shia does such an amazing job in the movie. It's 
insane. There's so many heartbreaking moments in the film. Like there's this time where he basically begs his dad to tell him he loves him and take care of him and do better, only to just like literally gets slapped in the face. Uh. Or there's a part where the father asks him, he's like, you got to understand how I must feel living off my kid's money. And he says, you wouldn't be here if I didn't pay you. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> gut-wrenching. It's fucking intense. So intense. Um, there's also stuff about, not in the movie, but um, that happened, part of his PTSD, that his mother was sexually assaulted in a like in their house one time and he was, he heard the whole thing and couldn't, like by a stranger, like broke into the house and oh raped his God. mother. Oh, it's fucking awful shit. And that just sets him up, you know. Yeah. Anyway, back to his career. He made a bunch of movies, notably the Transformers series, which made him a bona fide movie star. Mm, um, and a shit ton of cash. Yeah. He's written three graphic novels, made several short films, web series, and he's a part of a performance art group called Le Bouffe, Ronco and Turner with the Finnish artist Nastya Shade Ronco mm, and mm. British artist Luke Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, and the group has made quite a few really interesting projects and I'm going to tell you a couple of them just because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2015, they transmitted Shire's heartbeat online for six days. It was described as an exploration of just how intimate the digital space can get mm. and a reminder of our collective humanity. Yeah. And critics called it strangely mesmerising. Yeah, I bet. I mean, whatever. That's, you know, one of the first things they did. Yeah. Um, November, I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I do too. In November 2015, they had Shia watching all his movies in reverse chronological order in a cinema over three days. And while the movies are screening, there's a camera on Shia's face that was live streamed throughout the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and members of the public could attend as well. A critic at The Verge noted that. Over the course of three days, the initial bafflement was largely replaced with enthusiasm, Mm. with the appeal of the work being the sense of voyeurism, that ability to see people in a vulnerable state, adding that no matter how abnormal the installation itself was, the normalcy of his presence, largely unchanging from hour to hour, was quite lulling. Mm. No, That'd be confronting. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, and in December 2016, the trio did a performance at the Sydney Opera House. Uh, over two nights, they invited people one by one to deliver a message to them inside an empty theatre. The message had to start with the words, and in the end. The messages were then recited by one of the members of the group and broadcast on their live stream and displayed in the uh, 60-metre-long LED ticker installed on the exterior of the Opera House. Like on one of the sales? Yeah, I believe so. When was this? 2016. I don't remember anything about this. 
I mean, it was over two days. No, no, no. You know what I'm thinking of? Ben Folds. Ugh. Well, he played the opera house and then he does like requests from the crowd, but in the opera house and people mm-hmm. like send up pieces of paper. I think that's, um, that, that might be a little off, but the general premise of what I'm saying is some, true. Yeah. Sorry, I got a little <laughs> confused there. The Guardian called the artist's invitation a brilliant question, one that asks the thinker to reduce everything down to its essential elements and helps spur on the four hours of waiting in a meditative sort of haze. I don't know what that means. Um, (laughs) um, uh, And a writer at Dazed noted that the project elicited responses ranging from the irreverent, self-centred and quizzical to the serious, heartbreaking and pensive. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Mm. I mean, yeah, who's who's, um, vetting them as they make their way? Uh, Probably nobody. Interesting. Because I'll tell you some other stuff about okay. their work later. Sorry. And I'd say nobody. Okay. Or maybe they changed shit after that. Anyway. Um, and this, I think, is the best one. Um, at 9 a.m. on the 20th of January, shit, what year was that? 2017? <laughs> the day that Trump was inaugurated? 16. Oh, no, he was elected in 16. Yeah. Got it. They launched... He Will Not Divide Us at the Museum of the Moving Picture in New York. Mm -hmm. They set up a camera on the wall outside the museum and the words He Will Not Divide Us was written above it and people were asked to say the phrase into the camera as many times and as for as long as they wanted and then the footage was live-streamed. The artist said that it would run for the duration of Trump's presidency. No, no. They described it as a show of resistance or insistence, opposition or optimism guided by the spirit of each individual participant and the community. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But unfortunately, the piece was up for less than a month, February 10th to be exact, before the museum removed it relating to safety concerns. Shia got arrested in a fight with neo-Nazis there. Um, <laughs> that was at the fucking beginning. And it had become a target for white supremacists and neo-Nazi groups and, like, 4chan trolls. And LaBeouf, Ronco and Turner, meanwhile, clarified that although the museum had abandoned the project, the artists, however, have not. So then the feed resumed on the February, oh, was it? I might have the dates down a bit wrong, but maybe two days later, with the project taking up residence outside the El Rey Theatre in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Then the stream was taken down again on the 23rd of that month after a man was reciting poetry in the camera and then gunshots were heard. Holy shit. And the artist just didn't want anyone to get hurt. So then on March the 8th, the feed resumed, but this time from an unknown unknown location. Um, I feel like I read about this part of it. And it was just a flag with the words, he will not divide us. But within 38 hours of the feed starting up, 4chan trolls located the flag using some kind of like flight photo information. I don't know how. doesn't make any sense to me, but they did it. Um, 
and they went there, they took down the flag and replaced it with a red Make America Great Again hat and a Peppy the Frog shirt. That's, yeah, I remember parts of this. And then those were removed at some point and the feed just showed an empty flagpole. Um, following escalating threats coordinated by the 4chan um, fuckheads and uh, after a field at the location was set on fire, <laughs> the artists were again forced to relocate the project and on the 22nd of March it was moved to the roof of the FACT, the Foundation for Art and Creative Technology in Liverpool, England. Ah. The trio stating that events have shown that America is simply not safe enough for this artwork to exist. But the next fucking day they had to remove it because individuals had gotten onto the roof of... Well, they're a neo-Nazis in Britain too. Yeah. Um, Then October the 16th, Le Lou Unique in Nantes, France... (laughs) I don't know how to fucking pronounce shit, adopted the project um, with the flag flying at the top of the tower's building. But, surprise, surprise, by October 25th, vandals attempted to set fire to the flag using a flaming drone. It's kind of, (laughs) it's amazing how many people have continued on with this project though. Yeah. Like I'm shocked at how many, obviously now we're talking like very, you know, international attempts at continuing Mm -hmm. to show this work. Like that's that's pretty incredible given the level obviously, you know, predominantly in America, but everyone's been violent, but America was obviously quite threatening to individuals. Yeah. Well, it got moved somewhere else again. Um, and then they freaked out and were too scared. But then it went back to the place in France. They readopted the project. Um, but because of just normal wear and tear, the flag wasn't replaced. The artist didn't want the flag to get replaced if it got a bit damaged. Mm. Um, there's just a fragment of the flag left. I tried to have a look at it this morning, but... I guess it was nighttime in France. It was just black screen. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so depressing but so interesting. I got completely off topic there, but I just think that it's very interesting to think about a fucking movie star. Yeah. Is also That's one of the reasons I like him. Such an artistic activist, you know. Fucking amazing. Anyway, uh, Shaya's had a bunch of controversial shit go down and I'm about to get into it and I can't really tell you much more about his life without going into all that. So, Kara, why do you love Shia? Well, look, he's, he's a child star to start off with. I did not know this, like his situation, his childhood and yeah, me either. the trauma all. of that at all. I just knew he was obviously a child star from a young age and I was like, fuck, he's still alive. That in itself is pretty impressive. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say honestly, I did enjoy the first Transformers film. I don't think I've seen any of the other ones. No, you don't need to. No. You need the Megan Fox one, that's it. Yeah, and it was great. I liked it. Um, What else? Well, as, you know, when you spoke about, the 
last project you did? I can't remember what it was called. Honey Boy. No, not Honey Boy. I mean, um, oh, He Will Not Divide Us. Yeah, Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah. Is that the title? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I really I appreciate his diversity like he is a really diverse person in the way of like crossing genres and mediums like I cross roads yeah I'm really bad at crossing roads Uh, (laughs) you're okay no I always think that I'm top dog and I'm not (laughs) I will die um I also like I love I love that Sia um Mm. film clip me too. Like, and there's a new one that I saw actually recently, and it's got Margaret Qualley in oh, it. Oh yes, I saw that the other day. Yeah, yeah. I think they're boning. Are they boning? Which makes me so happy because I love her. I do too. I think she's gorgeous. Ugh. She's a lot younger than he is. Yeah, she's a lot younger. Than but everybody. yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, not that she's an yeah. adult though. But um, yeah. and you know. it's not. It could be way creepier. Definitely. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think that those, like, um, both of those have this, like, intense use of, like, the um, expression through movement of the human body, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, his eyes tell a million stories. Yeah. Those little dark little beadies. Yeah, well, I also think, as always... Shallow Cara. I also think he's very handsome. <laughs> he's me a little tingling my course. Ding, ding. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's why I like him, I reckon. All right, pretty good. I do, yeah, I really like the way that he crosses over into these different kind of, although all of it in a creative sense, they are vastly wow. different mediums. Well. Hit me with your best shot. All right, here we go. So there's just like a bunch of shit and I'm kind of just going to go chronologically. Yeah. Not all of it relates to each other. It's just like boom, boom, boom. Okay? Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> so Bamba. In 2008, he was in a pretty serious car accident that left him with very serious injuries to his hand. And that's why when he was filming, must have been like Transformers 2 or 3 or something, mm. with Isabel Lucas. Oh, yes. Famous um, Australiane. Mm-hmm. She also remedated my person. Oh, she's everywhere. Wasn't, yeah. She's pretty, I guess. Very. I don't know anything she's ever she done. She grew up though. in Summer Bay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, at the scene um, of the crash, he refused. Oh, and she was in the car. Okay. Um, at the scene of the crash, he refused a breathalyzer and was subsequently arrested for misdemeanor drunk driving, but was later cleared of this because apparently it was the other driver's fault or something, which seems weird. Very. Like, like even if it was the other driver's fault, you're he still was breaking drunk. the law. I don't understand. Anyway. Um, might just be a Hollywood thing. Yeah. As we've seen with... Hey, they get away with murder. And shit, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2009, on Shia's 21st birthday, he got super wasted and at 4-ish in the morning made multiple trips to a Walgreens to buy cigarettes. But each time he went in, he, like, forgot to buy the cigarettes mm. and went back to the hotel, changed his clothes, and then went back to the Walgreens, <laughs> forgot to buy And it just, like, happened several times before the security guard got the shits, asked him to leave and not come back. 
and then he got super hostile and the police were called. Mm. In the end, the charges were dropped. So, But first up, how fucking demented is it that they sell cigarettes in chemists in yeah. America? Yeah, I think they- <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> cigarettes at the chemist. No, it is very like in odd. 1950 or something. Yeah, it's smoke up, Johnny. They're good for your lungs. <laughs> um, he was on Letterman shortly after this, and he tells this story. I watched it. He has zero remorse. He thinks it's just a funny story. He's 21 too. Yeah, he's, I mean, like. He didn't really do anything that bad, but he says. I got thrown out of my 21st birthday by the police before midnight. (laughs) It's fine. He said drinking and driving is bad, but drinking and shopping, that's just as bad. (laughs) Uh, In late 2013, Shia releases a short film online. Mm-hmm. And it had been shown at Cannes and other film festivals earlier. Everyone was like, wonderful work, Shire. Um, and not long after its release online, people start talking about how the film is an exact portrayal of a scene from a Daniel Klaus graphic novel. Do you know him? Mm-mm. He is fucking awesome. I've got heaps of his graphic novels. He wrote he wrote Ghost World. Okay. Which they made into a movie that wasn't very good. Scarjo. Scarjo, Bashimi, mm. and that cute little brunette girl from American Beauty. And now and then, Sora Birch. Thank you. Fuck yeah. Um, anyway, there is zero credit given to Klaus and everyone. Klaus. Klaus? Klaus. No, I'm just saying I feel bad for him. Yeah. You're doing fine. And everyone is screaming about plagiarism, which is totally fair enough. It fucking is plagiarism. I don't know why he would choose a really famous author to rip Mm. off anyway. Klaus sends a ceased and desist. Shia takes the film down, then goes on Twitter to apologise and part of this, like, long... I'm not going to read it all to you, but part of it says, quote... Copying isn't particularly creative work. Being inspired by someone else's idea to produce something new and different is creative work. Ah. Then someone on Twitter's like, wait a minute, that apology is also plagiarised. What? And then it turns out that the phrases that he used were copied from a Yahoo Answers forum, like word for word. That's Funny. So weird. So he he went on Yahoo to get and said like how to apologize oh, for plagiarism, plagiarism or guess. something. Oh, was he just trolling the whole time? Like I like to I just have this fantasy in my head that he even made the movie to get that reaction. To, get a to reaction. make that apology. And he like yeah. Maybe. And then he didn't get it when it showed at Cannes and the film festival, so he was like, I'm going to put it online so on the internet will see. Anyway, probably not. He's probably just a dickhead. Um, he, he gets a skywriter to write, I am sorry, Daniel Klaus, in the sky above Los Angeles, even though Klaus lives in San Francisco. Oh, I... <sighs> anyway. So then in February the next year... Not very long after that, as it all happened, had all happened, he shows up to the premiere of Nymphomaniac at the Cannes Film Festival with a paper bag over. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. 
And it reads, I am not famous anymore. And everybody loses their shit. It's like, whoa, what a stunt. What about Marlon, who was on the first season of Big Brother? That's and when I... he got <laughs> voted out and he had, he found some tape. Free the refugees. Where did he get the tape from? That was pretty cool, actually. I was into it. I was very into it. I remember my parents just being like, not into it at the time. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let him in. Free him. Yeah. My dad was like, I'm going to start watching this show now. Oh, no. He made a grave <laughs> error there. That was a one-off. Anyway, uh, later that month, um, promoting the same film at a press conference in Berlin when he's asked a question, and I, I'm not totally sure what the question was, but I believe it had nothing to do with the answer. The answer. He answers cryptically, quote, when the seagulls, and then he takes a sip of water, follow the trawler, it is because he thinks sardines will be thrown into the sea. And then he gets up and walks out. Now, that's Please weird. Tell me it's plagiarized. But this is the exactly, including the sip and everything, what a Manchester United player said at a press conference when he was convicted of sexual assault. And, like, it's so weird. Like something apparently was a very famous incident. So weird. Why did the footballer even? What does what does that mean? Is he a seagull? He's saying are the women the sardines? Yes. Oh, or maybe the women's the trawler and sex is the sardines. Oh, and he's a seagull. What a fucking piece of shit. Anyway, fuck off. But why did he do that? It's I so don't weird. Know. <sighs> He's an enigma. <laughs> he is. And then another week later, he launches a project called Hashtag I Am Sorry at a Los Angeles gallery where he sits alone with that same pepper bag over his head for five days. And people can come into the room one at a time. And, like, before they come into the room, there's a table and it's got a bottle of whiskey, a whip from the Indiana Jones movie he did, um, pliers, a bowl of Hershey's Kisses, a copy of Daniel Clow's Death Ray, a pink ukulele, a bottle of Brute Cologne, an Optimus Prime toy, and a bowl of about 100 paper clips, uh, paper slips bearing type messages. I don't know what they said, but people can like pick a prop and take it into the room. Okay. Um, and people fucking loved it. Um, Someone said that Shia was immensely present and that he was whatever was projected upon him. Another said it was genuinely disturbing and I felt like I was further dehumanising someone whose humanity I discounted. Interesting, huh? Of the project, Shia later said that he was heartbroken and genuinely remorseful and full of shame and guilt about the Klaus stuff, Uh. I guess, um, uh, at the start of I Am Sorry, but that in the end I felt cared for, however it Horrifically, Shia also says he was sexually assaulted by a woman who had attended. That's horrible. In an interview he said, quote, one woman who came in with her boyfriend who was outside the door when this happened whipped my legs for 10 minutes, then stripped my clothing and proceeded to rape me. 
On top of that, my girl was in line to see me. It really hurt her as well. I guess the news of it had travelled through the line and when she came in, she asked me for an explanation and I couldn't speak, so we both just sat with this unexplained trauma silently. Horrible. Why wasn't anyone else well, in the space? Ronk Ron, and Turner... His collaborating artist said they put a stop to the assault as soon as they saw anything starting. So I don't know. They say that didn't happen. But I don't see why the fuck he would say that if that wasn't true. It's horrible. So, okay, maybe you'll tell me this, but are they still collaborators? If the two others say they put a stop to it and then Shia says... That was like one of the first things they did together. Yeah. I don't. I couldn't find any more information on it. Hmm. But also, just like the gallery attendance. Well, apparently, he, that's how they wanted it. Right. I don't know. It's fucking awful. It is. Show ended. They had a skywriter fly over Los Angeles, and it said hashtag Start Creating. So I, I think you felt done with the plagiarism stuff, maybe. Yeah. Um, Then in June of that year, he was arrested and jailed for disorderly conduct after he attended a Broadway show of cabaret and he, like, lit a cigarette in there, was yelling at people, yelling at the actors. Then he got on stage and grabbed Alan Cummings' butt. Ooh. (laughs) Um, as police escorted him out, he said, quote, fuck you, this is fucking bullshit. Do you know my life? Do you know who the fuck I am? Do you know who I am? Was Erica Jane in it? <laughs> no, that was pre. pre-Erica Jane. Okay. But fuck, that don't you know who I am trope is fucking S- old. Yeah, I do like that he added in You Don't Know My Life for a bit of flair. Yeah, yeah, he added a little. Um, In July 2017, uh, he was walking in a Georgia street when he stopped two people asking for a cigarette. And when they said no, he launched into a screaming tirade. Mm. And one of the people was a cop. And when Shia realised this, he ran away Back to his hotel, but he was arrested in the lobby. And in the cop car, he then unleashed onto this black arresting officer and he said, quote, you've got a president who don't give a shit about you and you're stuck in a police force that don't give a fuck about you, so you will want to arrest white people who give a fuck, who ask for cigarettes. Wow. (laughs) But it was this incident which led him to the court-appointed rehab therapy in which he wrote the script for Honey Boy. And apparently now him and that police officer are like buddies. Oh, really? And hang out and he like thanked the police officer in some awards acceptance speech and like reached out to him. Wow. Like they go fishing together and stuff now. Cute. It's really nice because he's like, you saved my life, man. But (laughs) uh, in just October of this year, like very recently, he was charged with misdemeanor battery petty theft after he stole a man's hat on a street. 
Wow. They really get him. Like who took him to, who even reported that? Well, apparently even that happened in June Mm. and they only reported it recently. So it's very strange. And then also they would be at, you know, at a time frame before which he would be like tried or, you know, convicted or like. He was only just arrested or whatever it is right now. Um, Oh, for stealing someone's hat? Well, I, I mean, it says misdemeanor battery, so he must have hit the person as well. Yeah, which is pretty horrible. I'm just thinking of like some of the shit that I can say that I've put up with, like people yelling at me, or <laughs> I got punched in the tit once at work. At work. Anyway, Ugh. but you know what I mean? Like I couldn't even find the guy again and someone, he's just like, oh, I shit. like your hat, sir, I'm going to try it on. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, and then the guy was like, don't, and then he punched him or something, which is pretty horrible if Shia LaBeouf came and punched him in the face. I just don't took like your imagining hat. that bit though. Anyway, there's heaps more. There's like numerous barb rules, heaps of arrests for that sort of shit. Um, and he also tells anyone who will listen how he had affairs with his Transformers co-stars Megan Fox and Isabel Lucas, even though the two women were both in serious relationships at the time. Megan with Brian Austin Green and Isabel Lucas with Adrian Grenier. Oh, the guy from Entourage. Yeah. Um, apparently Shia's often showing up on film sets drunk or literally tripping on LSD, like if the character is drunk, he comes and drunk. If the character's tripping, he takes acid and does tries to go to work. Um, And on the set of Fury, he refused to shower. And they had to send him to a separate hotel and the rest of the crew and the cast because everyone was so mad about it. Just being like, he's fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. Is he married, though? Shia. Yeah. Oh, he was for a minute. Ah, okay. But no. Um, Anyway, that's all I got, but I just got to say that when I started this, I had zero interest in him, didn't care for him at all. I knew he was a bit weird or he'd done something wrong, and I am converted. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm still pretty conflicted about the plagiarism stuff. Yeah. I don't understand why he would target Daniel Klaus. <laughs> Maybe it was just like a random choice. I don't know. Or I don't know. Did he really think he would get away with it? But it's so interesting and I love his performance artwork and I also feel really sorry for him with his childhood. It's yeah. a lot. And I don't think he sucks, but I do think he would be fucking annoying to be around. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think? Yeah, I think he'd be a lot to handle, really, sounds like. But um, I don't know. I mean, I just, like I said, like I certainly didn't know the extent of his childhood at all. I didn't imagine that because I just, I don't know, I really did not picture that as his no. upbringing at all because he was so young when he got into it, so I figured that there was a, a parent pushing him and supporting him to do that for yeah. their own means or Which like. Which they were, but yeah, because they were poor as shit with criminal record. Yeah. Not, you know, you don't think of child stars as being 
lower class or no, no, because it's like well, no, well, or like a lower socioeconomic kind of. Uh, financial situation. Mm. I, I don't think of that because I think of them as having to like take them to their acting class, take them to their singing class. They've got to be a triple yeah. threat. So, and then like, yeah. you know, they've got to be dressed a certain way. They've got to be going to these meetings or um, what do they call it? Because he just does it. Yeah. Like auditions and shit like that. I just felt like that's, I mean, he was obviously very driven as a child to do this. Yeah. I kind of respect that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, some of the indiscretions, I'm a bit like, well, you know, when he was 21, he walked into his, you know, chemist 45 yeah. times. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, stop getting into fights, though. He's obviously yeah. got some issues with anger. I don't think he's done. I think he needs more therapy. Oh, clearly. <laughs> yeah, but Make I, another movie. He's obviously, like, lot, not a lost cause and he has a lot going mm. for him. Like, he's an intelligent person. Yeah. All right. And interesting. Yeah. I love him now. He's so handsome. I didn't even think he was handsome before. Now I think he's handsome. <laughs> it's kind of off-putting that he's all like, yeah, I totally bone my co-stars. Yeah. That's a bit gross. He said something like when someone asked him about another co-star, he was like, I've been in love with every single co-star I've ever had. Well, that's okay. I guess saying that, Whatever. they're not in love with you necessarily. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's have a quick break and we'll come back with... Jared Leto. Dreamy blue eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It sucks. G'day, g'day. All right, mate. We're back from our break. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. So I'm going to tell my side or my person this time. Okay. I think we should start this story at a magical time of year. Oh. It was the night after Christmas (laughs) when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Everyone was probably still recovering from their overindulgence from the day before. And little baby Jared Leto entered the world. Oh, I see a Christmas baby. He's a Boxing Day baby. Oh, good right, enough. Right, good right, enough. Right, 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 right. Yep. It's a it's a it's a multi day affair. He's so. almost Jesus. Well, he could be. Yeah. Well, he looks like white Jesus. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, him. The year was 1971. It was in uh, Louisiana, down south in the old U.S. of A. His parents divorced when he was just a wee little baby and his mother and his older brother, Shannon, moved in with with Jared, obviously, to uh, their maternal grandparents' home. Have you seen a picture of his brother? Yeah, I was talking to him about him the other day. (laughs) What is with his eyebrows? He's super ugly. (laughs) I feel like that a bit with my sister sometimes. Oh, fuck off, you're a babe. But Could you imagine having is, a hottie like they're Jared, not Jared Leto? They look brother. very different, though. <laughs> I mean, I look pretty different to my hot brother. You both beautiful, though. Um, you're more beautiful. <laughs> okay, moving on. So his father um, remarried, but sadly died by suicide when Jared was only eight years old. Oh. 
And also Jared has two stepbrothers from his father's subsequent marriages. But the name Leto came from his um, stepfather. Oh. Uh, he said of his childhood, as a kid I was surrounded by hippies in a teepee, in a commune, in a forest. And he quite frequently kind of like acknowledges his mother's influence and encouragement for like creative pursuits, you know, right throughout his childhood. Yes, thanks, Ma. Yeah, and he attended the University of the Arts in Philly and then he was like, I fucking love movies. And then he went to the School of Visual Arts in New York City and Mm. then uh, he had a stint at George Washington University as well. Highly educated in the arts. Uh, So he moved to the land of dreams. We're talking about Los Angeles, City of Angels, if you will. Oh, that's it. Uh, in 1992, and he was—he wanted to be a director, uh, but in 1994 he got a break in acting. Like he was doing bit roles on the side, regardless, just to make money. Yeah, uh, with a face like that kid, and then <laughs> he ended up playing the lady boner inducer we all know and love. Oh, I'm talking about Jordan Catalano from the series that was cut short. It was taken from us too soon. My so-called life. Yeah, he was so goddamn cute. I love that show. I think it was a trailblazer, really. Yeah, for that genre, that teen totally angst. Bit like Freaks and Geeks getting cut short. It was a tragedy. That was such a good show. I think we might have spoken about this before. Mm. I fucking love that show, and it is have some foresight. Yeah. Why was that cancelled? I've watched it multiple times. Me too. I never get sick of it. So no, it's good. bloody brilliant. Anyway. And the little um, Sam, the little brother. Yes. He's, he's, he's a babe now. He's so good. Um, Shy was in the first episode of that, you know, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Everyone is in that show. Everyone. There's some insane list you can find online it's with nuts. just like how many people are fucking in that movie. Yeah, and what they who they turned Went on out to, to be. Yeah. yeah. It was gold. It was. Um then he debuted on the silver screen. His first sh- um film was the Winona Ryder classic, How to Make an American Quilt. Love it. Um I loved anything. Why no? Really yeah, good. why no? What, for, forever. <laughs> forever. I really want to get that tattooed on me. Oh, my God. But I don't like the Johnny Depp connotation. Well, yeah, we've discussed it. fuck face. I was going to reference which episode it was, but I've forgotten. <laughs> um, it's last season. Uh, he's get, Yeah, so he's gaining momentum now. He's doing, like, you know, quite a few more film roles and he plays the runner, Olympic athlete, no less, Steve Prefontaine. And I think this is where he started getting into like that method actor lifestyle. Yeah, right. He's big into it. And uh, he he trained a bunch to get the cardio glow. Yeah. And then he played the lead in the 1998 drama Basil and then he starred in the terrible teen terror film Urban Legend. Yeah, yeah. Which received a rather poor reception. It was it's probably the worst of those. They're all bad. Yeah. To scream, yeah. Anyway. The scream rules. Yeah. I know. But that's what I was going to say. That's like the zenith. Yeah. Um, you next. can't touch this. <laughs> he um, <laughs> starred in the World War II classic and award-winning film The Thin Red Line. Mm-hmm. Never seen it. The, oh, oh, okay. I'm not really into war movies. Have you seen Dunkirk? Have we spoken no. about this? I, there's a special place in my heart for war films. 
okay. Dunkirk is so good. Is no. Nah. Harry Styles. I like how we talk about something that Jared Leto is in. And then Sorry, we talk I'm just about saying. I just think that you should we watch like Dunkirk. <laughs> Sorry, Jared. We'll get back to you in a minute. Calm down. I was also going to say that there's a really good song on um, the soundtrack to that, and Hans Zimmer did like he was the composer. He did the score. Dunkirk. No, no, for um, oh, the, the thin, thin red, red line. line. Okay, mine on. Um, anyway, fucking Hans just knows his shit. I just want yeah. to reference him. I love him. Go hands. So in about 1988, at this stage, Jared and his older brother formed the classic emo band 30 Seconds to Mars. Sweet Jared is the songwriter mainly and the front man and his brother plays the drums. And initially Jared, like, wanted this to be an independent kind of endeavour. He didn't want it, um, any of his, like, previous Hollywood fame to affect the success of the band or kind of interrupt it in any way. I don't know how he thought that was going to happen. As if. Yeah. He wanted it to be like a standalone venture, I guess. Sure you but did. I don't understand um, how that was going to happen. Um, at the same time, he's still acting. So he was in Girl Interrupted, Fight Club. Yeah. And, of course, American Psycho. Movies. Oh, I love him in American Psycho. I just watched it the other day. Look at that subtle off-white colouring, <laughs> the tasteful thickness of it. Oh, my God. It even has a watermark. <laughs> it's my favourite scene. That movie is great. It's really good. Great Ace and Ellis. Let's just talk about other people instead of Jared. <laughs> um, anyway, he played Harry Goldfarb next in Requiem for a Dream. Too disturbing. So, yeah. I remember the first time I watched it, my friend Bryony was over at my parents' house. We rented it from the video store. And afterwards, I just remember staring at the ceiling. That's and that's what I did. I just stared at the black television yeah. after it finished. Just I going, just, what I felt the fuck. Yeah. I felt like, I honestly felt disturbed and I just like could not sleep. I was ill. Um, I would never watch that again. No. Never. Even if you were like, I'll give you 50 bucks. I'd probably do it for a fitting. I wouldn't. But it was not a fun time. No. It is a great film. Yeah. But if it's a one-timer. If fuck me up that badly, just a movie. Yeah. Ugh. But it was like, it was a pretty big role mm. for him. Um, and also, you know, I mentioned his like method actor situation. And then so to kind of immerse himself in the role, he lived on the streets of Brooklyn for two weeks beforehand. Wow. Allegedly. And he <laughs> didn't have sex for two months. And at the time he was dating Cameron Diaz. Oof. Cam could get through. She's She's got two hands. She's all right. Uh, and also he lost a boatload of weight. This was. Yeah. Um, then he started in Highway with Selma Blair and Jake Gyllenhaal. Never heard of it. Nah. I've seen the cover, but it's because I worked in a video store. <laughs> uh, then in 2002, 30 Seconds to Mars released their debut self-titled album. In that same year, he played the baddie in Panic Room and he was in a couple of other movies. And in 2005, 30 Seconds to Mars released their second album, A Beautiful Lie, which was like a great, big, huge success. I never have listened to them. I don't think I would even know them. I used to go to this trashy little club night <laughs> and they definitely played it there. I wouldn't consider myself an emo. Did you have an asymmetrical haircut? Or like All a right, fringe yep, in no, your that's eye? That's a good point. That's a good point. You did, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> I 
had half of my head shaved and like a, a fringe that went down. Yeah. yeah. I never, I think I was just like slightly too old. I was into like, what, what year was that? It was early 2000s. Yeah, I was more of a white stripes. Yeah, I um, would I would say that I was too. I can only, I know obsessed. one of their songs. Yeah, right. But I do remember, I used to go to this club and I had to pick up. Who are we kidding? <laughs> the dirty little club rat. Boys with the same haircut as you. Yes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Anyway, it was a fun time. Oof. Sorry, just having some recovered <laughs> memories. Um, also, have you heard of the Lonely Hearts Killer? No. Oh, actually, it's plural because there's Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck, and I'd never heard of them. And then I looked at some of the podcasts, the true crime podcasts that we listened to, and I couldn't find anyone who'd done an episode oh. on them. But someone should definitely cover them. Anyway, he starred in a film about those two people whose lead character and Martha Beck was played by Selma Hayek. She's a babe. I want to see it. Um, do you remember when she got? Do you remember when she got like brutalized by the media because she fed a baby when she went on like a charity kind of mm. trip to a country and she breastfed a baby who was malnourished yeah. and they were like, ah, "Fuck off!" Um, it's. I mean, don't worry about it. She's relax. You don't have to breastfeed the kid. No one's asking you to do it. Well, she's not asking to breastfeed your baby. Just shut up. Anyways, then he directed a music video for 30 Seconds to Mars under the pseudonym Bartholomew Cubbins. So he has like a couple of pseudonyms, but I don't really care. Dumb. Next he played fuckface David Chapman, who murdered John Lennon outside his home at the Dakota in Manhattan. Yeah, he got all fat for it, right? Yeah, so he put on weight, like he was back into the method acting thing. Um, he carbo-loaded with pizza pasta and, according to Elle magazine, he slurped melted ice cream mixed with olive oil and soy oh, sauce. That is revolting. <laughs> I'd be into the pizza pasta. That's how yeah, I live that's my fine. life. I think melted ice cream is fucking gross. I hate it. It's so gross. It's got a thickness to I it. Oh, and you just rank. see children. Well, anyway. Nah. <laughs> um, also, he got gout. From putting his body through that kind of level wow. of rapid trauma, like for that role. And I honestly, I wasn't a really big fan of that film, to be fair. No, me neither. I feel bad saying it because he really did put a lot, yeah. like he committed, he got gout for fuck's sake. Uh, also around this time, 30 Seconds to Mars attempts to cut loose from their contract with EMI. It was over like royalties. Jarrah claimed that despite all their record sales, the band was in some kind of dismal debt. It was like millions. Um, but this doesn't go very well with EMI and they sue the band for $30 million Whoa. for breach of contract. And according, but yeah, take That's that. so much money. I know. It's fucking huge. And but I mean, maybe not at the time, but now, according to Celebrity Net Worth, Jared is worth about $90 million. What? And another source I saw actually said it was worth 100 mil, but whatever. I'm Who's su- 10 mil between I'm friends? Surprised. Me too. Well, my favorite role sees in, he's like not the lead. You what, know? What's your favorite? Um, like Dallas Buyers Club, fucking, uh, what's that other one? And uh, American Psycho. Yeah. He, he's never the lead. He's just an excellent, like, side guy. I think a lot of his money 
will come from something to do with the Guinness Book of World Records that he did, but I'll tell you about that in a bit. But anyway, the the matter was settled and the band make another album for EMI. So I guess EMI won. Um, And they called the album This Is War. (laughs) And it goes down a treat. Everyone fucking loves it. They rave about it. And then he played Nemo Nobody in a science fiction film called Mr. Nobody. After that, yeah, I wasn't familiar with it. I watched the trailer. Um, He takes a bit of a break from acting, focuses on the band, and he also produces a documentary called Artifact. And the premise of this is about how, and I think this is good, like how fucked up and exploitative the music industry is in so many ways towards the artists they abuse for profit. Yeah. Yeah. Great effort. And it also won a fair few awards as well. Next comes Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, he loses a fuck ton of weight again uh, for his portrayal of Rayon, who's a trans woman. Yeah. Um, and Which, she, I mean, is problematic uh, the whole cast, really. Yeah, so... Rayon becomes friends with, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey, and the film is centred around <laughs> the stigmatisation of HIV, AIDS, virus during the, like, the 1980s. And it's a great film. Yeah, I love it. And Jared is magic. Yeah. That's why he won loads of awards, including one from the Academy. Oh, he got a little Oscar. He got a little Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Um. Yeah, and he took his mum to the ceremony. It's a shame a trans woman couldn't fucking do that. Yeah, so she's gorgeous. His mum is beautiful. She's like this silver fox embracing her grey's total bed. And I think it's such a marketing ploy like when male movie stars take their mothers. Totally. I feel like that is like their PR, (laughs) their public relations, (laughs) professional, whatever. It's just like, right, have you called your mother? (laughs) But Brad Pitt always does it. Yeah, for Little sure. Slime bucket. And he waxed his whole body for this role as well. Oh. A slime bucket. <laughs> but as you mentioned, I would also like to acknowledge that it is quite problem fucking matic that a cis white man is playing the role of a transgender woman. And because there are plenty, there are plenty of talented trans women who could have played this role brilliantly. Yeah. Just saying. I'm not trying to take away from his performance. I'm just stating facts here. Facts for me. (laughs) Facts. It is a fact. Yeah, I just think I'm right. Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... In 2011, 30 Seconds to Mars receives a Guinness world record for playing the most shows during an album cycle. So they played 300 shows and they made a short series called Into the Wild Chronicling the Tour. So I think 300 shows is going to give you a fuck ton of money if you've got full shows. Then Jared plays the Joker in the film Suicide Squad. More on that later. (laughs) And then he plays the villain in the reprise of Blade Runner, Runner, sorry, called Blade Runner 2049, 2049? Yeah, 2049. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's great. Is it? It's fucking long. Yeah, I didn't have much interest because my year 12 English education, I was just like, ooh. I really like the original. My mom's a big sci-fi fan. What's her name? Sean? Yeah, babe. Rebecca? Um, What was her name? 
The character. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I went as her to a costume party. She's such a babe. So babe. She was in celebrity rehab though, so. Oh. Anyway. Mm. Jared continues to play with his band. That was so disingenuous, Amber. <laughs> While also being um, confirmed to play the Joker again. He's not in the next movie, but the next one after that, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he's also going to play Andy Warhol in an upcoming biopic. What? Yep. That's he weird. also loves Gucci and Gucci loves him. Did you see the campaign with the queen of the sad girls, Lana Del Rey? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Beautiful. He's also a vegan. Yeah. I feel like you can sense that though. Yeah, I can smell him. You can smell his veganness. <laughs> um, I think people love him for a multitude of reasons. Like I think he is a really great actor. He's obviously like his commitment to his parts is born, is fucking dangerous really. Yeah. Like the what he's putting his body through. Uh, he has like lots of philanthropic pursuits. He... he uh, what was it? He like he worked really hard and petitioned against a bill that was trying to be introduced to kind of like revert back from same-sex marriage laws. So, um, amongst many many other things, but uh, he's also very gorgeous. I mean, that bone structure, um, that face. Get out of here. Anyway, Amber, please tell me. And all of us, your feelings on Mr. Leto. Uh, I must say, I really only like him because he's good looking. <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as I said earlier, like all my favourite roles that he's done are those just bit part kind of things. I haven't really enjoyed any of his lead performances to be honest. Yeah. He's just so good looking. And I loved at the Met Gala. <laughs> When he bought In, his own head? Yeah. yeah. Was it Dior maybe? It's probably Gooch. Yeah, right. Fuck, he was gorge. Carrying his own head. He looks great. In He wears clothes really nicely. Mm. He's got that hobo or hubs thing going on. <laughs> <that I> like. <laughs> he is hot. And that's really all it is. He's just... In my bone book, you know? It was Gucci. <sighs> yeah, he's a boner inducer. Yep. All right. Well, let's turn that smile upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it goes? Let's get down to it. I'm going to tell you some shit. All right. I'm ready. Yeah, and I was pissed because, I mean, like, I think, like you, like, I enjoyed his, I've enjoyed his acting. But it was about the face, and I see the face <laughs> differently now. Um, in 2013, 30 Seconds to Mars launched a competition, and this is the copy. Uh, sorry, this is the copy they use for their website. Pre-order your copy of Love, Lust, Faith, and Dreams for a chance to be one of five winners who will receive an exclusive invitation to the lab for a magical night we are calling the sleepover. Mm. Still want more? Oh. One of the five winners will spend the night at Jared's house in, capital letters, in Jared's very own bed. What? Yeah, it's a pretty fucking like predatorial and rather odd way to sell records. That is weird. I know. Yeah. Can you imagine if any other band, can you imagine? Imagine if you won. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. I, re- I immediately regret entering this competition. <laughs> Mr. Leto. Um, Right. Another way the band uh, cash in on a bit of coin is they charge $900 at least for their meet and greets. So I think in the world of meet and greets, that's still pretty fucking hefty. I don't know how much they cost. I know. I'd never take part in one. So, but I mean, 900 bucks to say hello and take a photo with someone for probably less than two minutes. I think you would not. And only very young girls do that stuff, really. One of my friends, her like 13 year old daughter, is obsessed with doing that with like, Boy bands. Like One Direction or something. Like less famous than One Direction. Well, One Direction don't even charge that much. Ooh. Whoa. And I think. Who would do that? That's so much money. So much money. But also, Jared said the band is, quote, anti greed. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, So let's discuss whether Jared Leto is leading a cult. Oh, yeah. He looks like a cult leader. Exactly. So, oh, And I'd probably join because he's handsome. In 2019, 30 Seconds to Mars sold extremely expensive tickets to a private island in Croatia. They call this Mars Island, but in actual fact, it's called Obonjan. And there are no drugs allowed and there's no alcohol allowed on the island. Boring. Worse than yes. fire festival. It, it reminds me of it, seriously. <laughs> And the festival, uh, it runs for three days. It includes yoga, two concerts by 30 Seconds to Mars, and then I think there's food and I really, I I can't think of any of the other inclusions, to be honest, right now. And 30 Seconds to Mars fans are also known as the echelon. Like it's maybe like the beehive or like the monsters, (laughs) but I mean like the echelon is a bit of an interesting choice. wank. Yeah, they also have this, like, weird hand symbol they do and they also get it, like, tattooed on themselves. You can get it tattooed at the festival if you want. It's pretty <laughs> oh. off-putting. It's like this, like that, but then That's maybe like, um, it's not the Illuminati, but I think it's got, like, a little line across. Anyway. It's like in the Nexium cult. Mm. they got those tattoos. Yeah. So this was meant to be happening the second iteration in August 2020, but it's it's not really high on the fucking agenda right now. <laughs> uh, so it's been postponed until March 2021. Mm. And I believe the chi- from their website, the cheapest tickets on offer is the Stargazer package. Mm-hmm. And that is a cool 1649 US dollars. Does that include flights? I don't believe so. Oh. And it's plus service fee. How many days? Three. Also, Americans, what the fuck is with your taxes? What is the service fee? That's about as much as it probably costs to go to fucking Falls Festival or what's it, Splendor in the Grass. Is it? But at least at Splendor you get to see like a million bands. Yeah, you you get two concerts. Yeah. (laughs) And it's you're in a tent in that one. Ew. If you want to get fancy, you can. Because to get on the Daydreamer package, it will cost you $7,149 US dollars. Also, remember, this is US dollars. So that's like more than three grand Australian. The cheapest one. Plus service fee. Um, (laughs) 
And then there's like the Phoenix package, but you'll only get the price for that if you contact them. And fuck that and fuck you and I'm not doing it. And I have enough fucking red flags in my bouquet of fucking red flags. Yikes. Right? That's like 14000 Australian dollars. Do people still love I just that double every currency. That much? <laughs> yeah, I guess. There, there were a lot of people that went to the last one. Um, also, like, maybe you bought tickets in August. Was it, you know, postponed? Has your financial situation possibly changed this year due to the frightening state of the world? <laughs> well, sorry, no takebacks, no swapsies, oh. and no refunds. We'll see you in 2021. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I'm going to show you just a photo of Jaren. Mm-hmm. This is in oh, 2019. <laughs> Maybe we'll post these. We will definitely put these. This is the group oh, shot. They said God. it took two hours to get the group shot. Did they say everybody wear white? Yeah, everyone had to wear white. This is a fucking cult, guys. Oh, my God. He is ridiculous. I know. <laughs> so when the various, like, when news and media outlets, when they started to report the letter had a new sweet cult... The band retorted in, like, self-proclaimed glee, stating, yes, this is a cult. And they sold merch as well just to show that they weren't messing around about taking advantage of their fans. They were selling merch as well. (laughs) Um, They also used the hashtag, you wouldn't understand. Oh. I I feel like that just really perpetuates, like, the cult idea a lot. absolutely. Um, I feel like they were really pandering to that cult status. Definitely. Um, But... Like, I think we should all stay tuned, you know? Who knows what's going to happen in 2021? I'm into it. Yeah. Amber and I are going to be wearing white for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Honorary members. Um, Can I still join if I hate your band? Jared is oh, okay. I was like, excuse me, you're in my band. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't really have a band. Yes, um, Uh, But, oh, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk a bit more about the method acting again. So while he was filming Suicide Squad, uh, he really got into the role. So much so he started delivering pretty fucked up gifts. Not just a fun gif. (laughs) It's actual presence. Not just like David from Schitt's Creek opening and closing his mouth. No, not that one. Or like. A cat that my mum sends all the time. Well, honey Boo Boo dancing. No, not those fun ones. These are serious. So one of his co-stars, the magnificent Viola Davis, she spoke about Jared to Vanity Fair and she was quoted as saying, he did some bad things Jared Leto did. He gave some really horrific gifts. He had a henchman who would come into the rehearsal room and the henchman came in with a dead pig. What? And plopped it on the table and then he walked out. He's a vegan. And that was our introduction into Jared Leto. I'm sorry. That's gross. What movie? Suicide Squad. Oh, God, get over here. Will Smith said that he never met Jared Leto because he just never broke character. So the whole time they was like filming, he never met him. But it does. It didn't end there. He gave uh, Margot Robbie, who plays like Harley Quinn, his like love interest. He sent her a letter and also a live rat. Poor Margot. I think she kept it as a pet until it became a problem with like I don't know. I was going to say a landlord, but highly likely she doesn't know. <laughs> um, 
And then, and this is probably where the like work relationship becomes quite strained. This is where you'd probably call in HR. Yeah. Because he sent anal beads, porn, switchblades, and used condoms to his co stars. No. He's in character. Not okay, dude. Not okay. That's heaps worse than fucking Shia stinking. Yeah, I know. Here's some semen, save it for later. Ew. I know. Or maybe he emptied the semen out. Oh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So also, right before the global pandemic really kind of kicked off, Jared embarked on a two-week silent retreat. Good. Well, that's what the privileged elite can do, I guess, you know. They're very good for you. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's a bit of a luxury. No need to work. I can just work on myself for two weeks and be quiet. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know. People do it all the time. You can do one in, um, like, Blackheath or Mount Victoria or something. I I went on the solo camp at school. I went to a weird (laughs) school. I went on a solo camp. (laughs) Can't believe they allowed us. Anyway, so once you finished. Vision quest. Hmm? Did you go on a vision quest? Uh, no, like I made a fire myself. I was pretty proud oh, of that. But no ayahuasca or anything. It was year 12. <laughs> year 12. You need Perfect. to be guided through that. Don't go doing ayahuasca on your own, everyone. <laughs> you need a guide, a trusted guide. Right. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so after he finished zipping the lip, he found out what a hellish garbage fire the world had fallen into. Oh. I mean, it was only two weeks. It was on the way. But um, he lives in America, for yeah. Christ's sake. And so, any concern, uh, uh, sorry. So, is any concerned celebrity with endless expendable wealth and no grasp on reality would do during the quarantine? He made a little video about his last 40 days. And like so many other celebrities who have done similar cringy shit, shout out. Wonder Woman, Gal Gatto? Yeah, something. Fucking, she made this chunder inducing video like rendition of Imagine. And everyone was like, fuck off. I know, it's celebrities fucks. It's woefully out of touch. Yeah. It misses the mark so much. It's like X marks a spot and they're on a whole fucking different island. Yeah. It's anyway, the separation of reality of like the fact that. Hundreds of millions of people have lost their jobs, but let alone the fact that more than a million people have actually died so far in the world due to this pandemic, and it's just astounding to me. Let's sing a mansion. Let's sit in our mansions and sing a mansion. Yeah. Ew, ew. Do you even know where your linen closet is? Ew. My dad didn't. But, um... (laughs) I'm really glad, you know, I, I am so grateful that he wanted to share with us that he's meditated 70 hours that week, made loads of pasta and watch Indiana Jones. Thank you. Thanks, really. Yeah, fuck you, dude. It's, I don't know, it's a product of their space, I guess. But anyway, why am I on his side? Um, when he was in my so-called life, he kissed baby Clay Danes. He was 21 and she was 14. And I know that's like actually in a script and it's part of a job, but I just wanted to mention it. It's in the script. Yeah. I'm just I'm, mentioning it. I'm not mad. Okay. I'm just saying maybe it was a great way to So we're going to get into some serious allegations, but let me stress these are allegations. 
And there are articles out there, but they're from online news sources and they're not the really big ones either. So just want to put that out there. Don't sue us, Jared. We know you love money, but don't sue us. Yeah, I'm just... We don't have any money. Let, I'm just putting it out there. I've This stuff I've read. And I believe that it started in a horrible place we call Twitter. Although there were, prior to this, there were rumours, like, that were kind of circulating for sure. So actor Dylan Sprouse, who was famous for a show on the Disney Channel, I don't know. My parents didn't love me enough to have cable, so. No, I didn't have it either. No, never saw it. But I think he was, like, a a baby actor. Yeah, he was also was he in, in um, Big Daddy. He was yeah, the little kid in Big Daddy. That's right. Because that's where I recognised him from. Well, I don't recognise yeah. him anymore. He's a man. <laughs> but um, he's a child actor, yeah. yeah. But he, he has gone on to, like, do loads of shit. And he tweeted, yo, at Jared Leto. Do I say the at? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, say it. I'm too old. Uh, <laughs> now that you've slid into the DMs of every female model age between 18 to 25, what would you say your success rate is? Ooh. Burn. So then director James Gunn, who's made such films as Guardians of the Galaxy and Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. Mm. He's also making the new Suicide Squad movie. Okay. Which will not include Joker as played by Jared Leto. Oh. So this, there's one that's about to happen. Yeah. I also read something the other day that um, Jared Leto is trying to get a movie, a standalone Joker movie, oh. even though we already have one that's very good. We have met, well. Oh. Actually, we have two. Yeah, we have two. Oh. <sighs> Um, and, and, and he had a very small screen time in Suicide Squad, really. Mm. He was, yeah. But so the, there's one that is coming out in 2021 and that's the one that James Gunn directed and then there's another one okay. that's already been optioned which will, that the, the one after will have Jared Leto. Oh. Assumedly James Gunn isn't directing it because he responded to that tweet and he said, he starts at 18 on the internet? Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, So when you start digging, like you don't need to dig much, but there's a plethora of allegations from young women accusing Jared of some really repulsive shit. Oh. I got a load of information from an article written by Sloan Varanok titled Suspect Activity. What's really good with Jared Leto? Uh, It was on a website called Culture Hub. I'm kind of asking myself that question now. Yeah, well, it's still hot. But um, in 2005, a New York Post article, not the most reputable. Um, not the worst. Not, definitely not the sun. <laughs> um, quote, they quoted a source saying, he's been approaching all the girls and inviting them to his shows. And that this is in regards to, like, models staying at a hotel in Manhattan during oh, okay. New York Fashion Week. Okay. And then they go on saying girls from IMG, Elite, Next and women are staying there and Jared has been hitting on all of them. He's a serial texter and he, con- he is constantly texting these 16 and 17-year-old girls. Oh. It's really kind of creepy. Kind of creepy? It is creepy. Yeah. Um, into, Ew, how yeah. old is he? He's like 40, though. I think he's 40. Yeah. Yeah, because I said he was born in 1971. I'm 40. And you're a stone cold fox. Yeah, but. But you're not boning 16 year olds. I couldn't. 
I've seen 16-year-olds. I've seen 18-year-olds. I know. They're little babies. I know. I feel uncomfortable around them. In 2010, a 17-year-old girl made a since-deleted post on Reddit stating, I think he got pleasure out of hurting me in retrospect, but I was too young and didn't know that then. I would tell him to slow down or to change position to ease the pain a little. After that, I get attitude. No. Delightful. Then in 2013, another post from a young woman said she had met Jared when she was 17 and he was 34. She also said that Jared would ask her to say she was 14 or 15. What? Yeah. Um, And that quote, he was very pushy into coercing me to do sexual acts with him and he was quite rough and forceful. No, what a fucking monster. Yeah, and that's all well and good if you're a consenting adult. Like, that's fine. I get it. But, like, when you're high in the air on a seesaw of power play and you're barely legal, it's just not that much fun. It's not fair. that's awful. 17. And, like, one of, you know, your one of your first experiences. Yeah. Also, that can shape, like, that's... Totally. Yeah, it's an impact. Um... Some of the comments under the article stated that this wasn't like a researched article at all and that it originated from fan fiction, which is a possibility. But then I read a little more and, yes, there was a fan fiction story regarding a threesome with two teenage girls, I think, in the story. They're 17. But then there are also a number of other allegations, as I mentioned, that don't include a threesome. Mm. Another Reddit user said, I have a cousin who goes to an expensive private school in L.A., One of her friends is the daughter of a certain famous model from the 80s slash 90s and has been having sex with Jared Leto as a 13, 14-year-old girl. And then he added, he's made her get an app that deletes messages after they're seen. And he knows she's under 18 because one of her friends took a picture of the message he sent her before it was deleted that said, can you come over tonight? And she said, no, my parents are home. Oh, Feel free to call bullshit, but I have a feeling someone will find out soon enough and he's going to be in deep shit. Like, granted, I'm clueless and my phone is, I mean, like, look, it works. My phone works and mining, (laughs) like all of the mining of the metals for your phones is a dirty fucking business, so look (laughs) it up. (laughs) But... I didn't know, but apparently these there there are these apps. I looked it up, but like they refer to as they they refer to them as um self destructing messaging apps. Yuck! They're all the rage. Like, Kids today want end to end encryption. I just wanted a Game Boy and some Smirnoff Flex and a joint. How yeah. times have changed. <laughs> Jesus. I know. It's a bit scary. It's so scary. What a creep. Imagine raising, I mean, like. <sighs> but there are, there are countless allegations and really, like, it does seem that if they are true, and like I said, these are allegations, but it, it it seems as though he's a serial groomer. Yeah. Another cute kind for your pooch. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think that this is it's not substantiated, but I like I believe the victims 
we've been victims. Yeah. The majority of the time where there's smoke, there's fire. That's all I'm saying. That's the reality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jared Leto has never responded to any of these allegations, but I also think, like, why why would you? Because he's got this, like, 100 million bucks burning a hole in his pocket mm. that could be spent on cease and desists. Yeah. Um, and good PR. Yeah. To shut it down. I did found, I found like a few articles about the same thing, but it mentioned a defamation suit that Jared's lawyers, um, that they filed against an online forum called Lipstick Alley. <laughs> um, mm. But they published these comments from their readers stating that Jared had, by some accounts, a very, very small peen <laughs> and by others claimed it was a decent size. The truth, we may never know. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to know. Now. No. That's really, that's all I've got, but I'd like to know your fans. I mean, sorry, I'd like to know your thoughts. Well, I don't, knowing men in those positions often and constantly really abuse their power with young women, mm. I, I wouldn't fucking put it past him. Yeah. Um, I f- and I, I mean, I'd heard whispers of that, like something about that, but hadn't really looked into it before. Um, and I don't know where I heard about it, but it feels right to me. Mm. I think like just it's it's sort of like this common thread, like a competition where you can sleep in Jared Leto's bed. I mean, obviously that copy yeah. didn't necessarily... Um, completely explain was Jared going to be there? Were you just sleeping in the smell of Jared? Oh, you know, like with the clean sheets? It's weird. It, it's a very odd thing to have as a competition because obviously I guess as a musician you would know that you have this sex appeal and this sort of like sexual power. Fuck yeah. And he's got fans that will pay $7,000 to go to some weird three-day Jared Leto Festival. Yeah. And enough of those to warrant a festival. Mm. I, I can't imagine he would have trouble doing whatever he wanted to it's not, young women. It doesn't sit right, like, Ugh. morally with me. It's really, um, he's, they're exploiting their fans. Yeah. And they're taking advantage of that, like, unbridled fandom. Yeah. Which... I don't really fully understand, but obviously no. I know that it is a, a a reality for a lot of people. It's so weird. It is. It's so weird that, that, that it's gone on for so long, like the band. Yeah. Like I wonder if they still sound like they did in the early 2000s. Or... I have no idea. Yeah, there's only one song I know. It's like a band's been around for nearly 20 years. That I've never fucking really heard. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty good at knowing good music. So right. she totally is. So it must suck. <laughs> I only turned it on the other day, and someone else in the house was like, "What is this emo? <laughs> like, why are you listening to this?" Because you know we tend to like listen to or like obviously like watch things when we're researching. But someone, yeah, they were just like. What the fuck are you listening I to? I just think it seems really um, fake or something. Like 
maybe it's because he's an actor and you know how whenever Hollywood tries to do anything about a rock star, just mm. is the worst, except for the movie uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. That was fucking great. That was good. But every other time it's so cliche and dumb and mm. I feel like he, maybe because he's a movie star, he just like to me it just looks like a movie, mm. <laughs> like some wanky f- Hollywood yeah. band. Yeah. Like a, it doesn't seem real to me. What an odd way to live, hey. Uh, he sucks. Ding, 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 jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> He's off the wank bank list oh, now. Oh, that's strong fighting words yeah, from you, Amber Trace. He doesn't have I know some of those on voice. your wank bank. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm um, all right. Well, we'll um, hopefully see you next time for episode three of season two. Yeah, and it's going to be a pretty fun one. It's a 90s special. Yep. Get well, ready. We have used multiple sources in the research for this podcast. All of these can be found in the show notes. This podcast was written by Kara Nissen and Amber Jones with music and engineering by Morgan Jones. DJ Morgs! <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed. I like it. <laughs>